1: It's a fact of spiritual chemistry and physics that God's glory destroys sin. We don't have to reason that out. The Bible is very clear. God's glory destroys sin. That's Pastor Michael oxen and this is Reaching
2: Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24 888 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael oxen is entitled The Messiah Cherub. Now it is the third message in the Cosmic Controversy series, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. We brought you the first portion of this message yesterday. We will complete it now. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I mean, there's no mystery here. The sinner is not immortal. There will be no everlasting life in a place called hell, according to Jesus or scripture. A hell that burns forever and does not consume evil. It is not hot enough to destroy both soul and body. Jesus is very clear. The hell of the Bible will destroy the soul. Man does not have an eternal soul. He does not have eternal life in a place called hell. He will die in the presence of God if he does not turn to God. Our God is the fire that is in Zion. He is the consuming fire that will destroy evil. Now, this is not passive interaction with evil. Some people get the idea that God cannot act in history and destroy evil. The Bible does not teach that. When God manifests his presence, God has physically intervened to destroy evil. We must never forget that. And Ezekiel is very clear here. Lucifer used to walk in the midst of the stones of fire. He was on the holy mountain with all that fire, and he walked there, and it didn't hurt him at all. It did not destroy him because he was blameless in all his ways till iniquity was found within him. Look at verse 14, Ezekiel 28, 14. With an anointed guardian cherub I placed you, which is the best reading. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Lucifer lived in the furnace with God, and the Messiah cherub was there, and the fire did not destroy him. The white hot heat of God's love was life for him. But one day he rebelled against God. One day he lifted up his fist to God. One day he refused to bow the knee to his creator and recognize him as God. And one day he stiffened his lip and he hardened his attitude. And he was filled with pride and ego and arrogance based on his own desire for greatness. The Bible says here, iniquity was found in him. Sin didn't start on the outside. Sin started on the inside. Sometimes people ask the question, why are attitudes important? Because sin starts on the inside. We must pray for a spiritual attitude or we can slip into sin and be overcome by it. An attitude created action here, a spirit deep within that went wrong, has caused all the pain and all the suffering in the universe. Mark seven twenty, Jesus said, What comes out of a man is what defiles a man. It's the attitude. And that's why we get on our knees in the morning, be practical here, we need to fall on our knees and say, Lord, if it isn't for your intervention in my life this day, my attitude will go wrong. I will not love others. I will be resentful in my heart. If it isn't for your intervention in my life today, my nature will affect my attitude. Give me heaven's attitude. And when you pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit will come to you and will transform your attitudes. The Bible says iniquity was found within him. Sin starts in the mind and it moves out. It's a fact of spiritual chemistry and physics that God's glory destroys sin. I mean, we don't have to reason that out. The Bible's very clear. God's glory destroys sin. So as soon as Lucifer sinned, as soon as he rebelled, based on the laws of the universe, God's glory should have fried him on the spot. But it didn't. And so we ask the question again, why? Why did God allow Lucifer to live? Why did he let his life continue when Lucifer would never return? Imagine what it would have looked like if God had snuffed him out as soon as he crossed the line of no return. Imagine the scene with me. Lucifer is standing in the presence of God. He's been harboring bad attitudes. He now feels feelings of murder for his creator. How can I take God out? And then God extends his little pinky hidden under his long white robe, and what appears in his hand is a thunderbolt. There's a lightning bolt, then a flash of lightning, followed by a bright, hot glow. A crack of thunder, heaven shakes for a moment. And when the brightness dissipates, there is God looking at a burned out crater with ashes in it, with Lucifer's jewelry glowing white hot in a hole. And where is Lucifer? He's gone. A little wisp of smoke rises from his little finger and he blows it out. I told you, go ahead and make my day. At that point, every knee bows and every angel bends the knee. And chorus song, Hallelujah, Amen. And the prayer that follows is a strange kind of prayer as trembling angels pray a prayer that has never been prayed before. I love you, God. Yes, I, I love you. Please don't destroy me too. I'll serve you, but don't look at me and don't turn your finger on me. Please, we love you. All right. And as they worship deep inside, there is fear. And before long, fear becomes anger. And anger settles into rebellion. If God had destroyed Lucifer from the beginning, he would have created a universe of rebels. God's character is patient and long-suffering. When Moses asked to see God's face, God showed him his back because no one can look into the face of God and live. And when Moses saw the back of God, he cried out in Exodus 34, 6. Actually, the Lord cried out. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The word Lord in all capital letters appears three times in this verse. It's the covenant name of God. It's the name of God that calls to mind His personal care for His creation. It occurs three times here because... God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all together patient and kind and they want the sinner to turn to God. If God had destroyed Lucifer in the beginning, he would have immortalized evil in the hearts of those who remained behind. The Bible teaches that as soon as there was sin, there was a Savior. The devil did not die. In fact, God saved the devil from dying. He saved him through the intervention, Ezekiel tells us, of the Messiah Cherub. Now, the only way to save the devil was to lead him out from the midst of the stones of fire. The Messiah cherub is described in Ezekiel 28, 16 as the one who led him out from the stones of fire so he would not die. Verse 16, Ezekiel 28, In the abundance of your trade you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. And the guardian cherub, he drove you out in the Greek Old Testament, he led you out from the midst of the stones of fire. Again, the unpointed Hebrew text can go either way. I drove you out, the covering cherub, or the covering cherub he led or drove you out. If you are the covering guardian cherub, you are the one who veils the glory of God, so it can't be Lucifer here. You are the only one that stands between the fire and those who see God. The Messiah cherub was the veil that shielded Lucifer from the white hot heat of God's glory. In the Greek Old Testament, translated in the 2nd century B.C., the right reading of the Hebrew text was understood. The cherub led you out from the midst of the stones of fire, this guardian cherub. The Hebrew in the context calls him the covering cherub, indicating that he is the veil, the one who veiled and shielded God's glory. The Greek Old Testament called him the cherub with the definite article, it's not like any other as soon as there was sin, there was a Savior, but not a Savior, the Savior, the cherub. And he led Lucifer out from the midst of the stones of fire. In Ezekiel 10one 3 God's sapphire throne is pictured, and there are four cherubim underneath it. In the midst of the cherubim, there are stones of fire. And when the city of Jerusalem was destroyed, these stones of fire are taken from beneath the throne and cast upon the city. Fire comes from God's presence to destroy evil. And the stones of fire are the means to do it. Ezekiel tells us that there was a time in the past when Lucifer walked in the midst of the stones of fire. He was created to be with the Messiah guardian cherub. This Messiah guardian cherub was the one who veiled the glory of God. And as soon as there was sin, this being interposed, let him out, stood between him and the fire, and his life was saved. The Hebrew Bible indicates that he was wounded as he departed. Maybe he was burned a little bit, but he was prevented from dying as he let him out before he died. Who is this Messiah cherub that greeted Lucifer when he became the son of the morning? Who is this Messiah cherub who veiled the glory of God so it would not destroy Lucifer? Who is the Messiah cherub that let him out from the midst of the stones of fire? Lucifer was the son of the morning, but he was not the morning. Lucifer was the child of the light, but he was not the light. Lucifer was the light bearer, but he was not the dawn that is the light of the world. In 2 Corinthians eleven four, Paul tells us, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. There is no light in him. There is no light in him. The only light he had was the light that he received from God. So who was the Messiah cherub that covered the glory of God and led Lucifer out from the midst of the stones of fire? The very last book of the Bible tells us who is this brightest of all stars. Revelation 22:16. I Jesus have sent my angel to you with the testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. Lucifer was the son of the morning, but Jesus is the morning star. Jesus is the source of light that gave rise to the morning, that created the universe. The Bible says that even time itself was created by Christ in the book of Hebrews. He is the creator of the time ages, the ions. All things were created through him and for him. He was not a created being. The morning star precedes the dawn, and before there was a was, Jesus was the bright and morning star. Ezekiel calls Christ the guardian and Messiah cherub. Throughout the Old Testament, Jesus is called the angel of the Lord. Not an angel, the angel of the Lord. The word angel means messenger, the one who comes from God, who is different from all the others. Psalms 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. That doesn't mean God sends an angel to save you. Dear heart, what it means is that Jesus saves you. Jesus, who is God's special messenger, encamps around his people and protects them. That means that he is the guardian protector of the Jewish nation. He's the guardian protector of the church and he will see us through to the end. When Jacob ran from his brother Esau, he was overcome with the guilt of his sin, his night of trouble. He was praying that God would forgive him. He had already confessed his sins, but the guilt of it rose up in his heart and mind. He fought with a man all night until the day broke, but it was no ordinary man. He pleaded with God to take away the reproach of his great sin as he was fighting with this supernatural man. And just before the dawn broke, the angel of the Lord named him Israel because he had prevailed with God in his fight of faith and prayer. The angel of the Lord is the one who guards God's people and saves them from their sins. When they fight the prayer fight of faith on their knees, he's the one who gets them through the fight to the end. When Jacob was dying, he described the tender care of the angel of the Lord. Genesis 48, 15, and 16, And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. The God who has led me all my life long to this day. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil. Bless the lads. And in them let my name be perpetuated in the name of my fathers. Jacob knew that the angel of the Lord redeemed him and saved him from his sins. And he loved him because he had redeemed him from every evil. Isaiah the prophet identified this angel as the angel who has God's very presence inside of him. He's not a God. He is the God because God is in him. He is part of the Holy Trinity. He is the second person of the Godhead. That means he's not an ordinary angel messenger. He's God that comes as his own messenger. And that means the angel of the Lord who redeems us is God himself in angel form. Isaiah
2: 63.9. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will continue in just a moment. Stay tuned reaching your heart is a listener supported program we step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe god is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives each of our messages is prayed over biblical messages of hope and bible truth to continue we need your support we do not have a large ministry fundraising machine we operate totally by faith call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today that number is 888-244-HOPE that's 888-244-4673 or you can stop by our website reachingyourheart.com that's reachingyourheart.com let's get back to the broadcast now here is pastor michael loxentenka with more of today's reaching your heart
1: That means the angel of the Lord who redeems us is God himself in angel form. Isaiah 63, 9. In all of their affliction he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Jesus was the guardian protector of the Jewish nation. And he is the guardian and protector of the soul that needs to fight the prayer of faith on its knees. That is why John Calvin, as institutes of the Christian religion, rightly recognized that this angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ. In fact, both streams of thought in the Reformation, John Calvin, the Calvinist stream, and John Wesley, came to the same conclusion. I want to read from John Calvin. He says, For even though he, Christ, was not yet clothed with flesh, he came down, so to speak, as an intermediary in order to approach believers more intimately. Therefore, this closer intercourse gave him the name of angel. Meanwhile, what was his? he retained? That as God, he might be of ineffable glory. John Calvin understood what I am sharing with you today. He understood that Jesus Christ is the angel of the Lord who is the Lord. He understood that Jesus was the Messiah cherub who carried the glory of God to this dark and dying world. As soon as there was sin, there was a Savior. And the light was the light of the world. And he became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And we have beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten Son from the Father. The Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I don't believe in knocking churches. And that's not what I'm doing here. I have a lot of respect for the Jehovah's Witnesses. They are dedicated people who sincerely believe that Jesus Christ is a created being. And they come to my home. I I invite them in kindly because they're trying to share God as they understand it, and we need to be kind to them. They're not all wrong. They have good points and not so good points. They rightly recognize, like John Calvin and some of the reformers, that the angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ. They're not all wrong here. But they do not recognize that Jesus Christ is God eternal. They do not understand that he is the angel of his presence, as Isaiah said. Only God can redeem, and only God can save, and only God can. It has the presence of God within him. And the angel of the Lord does all of this. He carries God to us. The Messiah cherub was fully God before he became God with us, Emmanuel. Now let's keep on moving here. In Ezekiel 28, the Messiah guardian is also called the covering guardian cherub. That means the Messiah cherub veiled the glory of God. In the book of Hebrews, Jesus is the veil. In Hebrews 10, verse 19, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus. Verse 20. By the new and living way which he opened for us through the curtain or veil that is through his flesh. Christ is the veil that shields the glory of God so we can see God and live. He has always functioned in this capacity. He is the bush that burnt. He is the veiled glory of God when the angel of the Lord spoke from the burning bush to Moses. Think about what all this means. When Lucifer was created, there was no one else there but the Messiah guardian cherub who was Jesus Christ. His baby angel, Lucifer, the light bearer, was the first created being or person to see the eyes of Jesus as the first and eternal light of love shining in his life. The angel of the Lord who is the Lord was there before he was here. He took the form of a brother to reach the first created child of God. The son of the dawn was created by the bright and morning star who was the first light before the dawn. And that means as soon as there was sin, Jesus was that covering Messiah cherub that saved Lucifer from the fire. Ezekiel is very clear in the Greek Old Testament. Jesus led him out of or from the stones of fire. Dear heart, that means that as soon as there was sin, there was someone to save the sinner. He gave his fallen son, Lucifer, a chance to be saved and return. He let him out so he could live and repent and think about his attitudes he was struggling with. Lucifer never chose to return. He allowed the attitude to become him, to transform his character, to harden him into evil. He will never return because of pride. Pride destroyed him on the inside a long time ago. His physical destruction will follow what has happened inside. And in the end, the very fire he gloried in, the very fire he loved the very fire that was his light and life will destroy him. Ezekiel twenty-eight eighteen. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profane your sanctuaries. So I brought forth fire from the midst of you. It consumed you. And I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end and you shall be no more forever. When the devil is thrown to the lake of fire at the end of time, he'll be burned to ashes, according to this verse, and evil will be no more forever. Dear heart, evil will die, and the darkness of sin will surrender to the light. The son of the dawn, who became the prince of darkness, will be no more forever, and his kingdom will end with him. She lives in Guatemala City, and she has proof that you can sleep soundly every night and not know that you're ready to fall into the bottomless pit. I mean, she heard a loud boom inside her home. Boom. The earth shook. Great fear. She went out of the house. She left the house as quick as she could. She looked around and realized that the noise was coming from within the house. So bit by bit, she went back in. She realized she was in mortal danger when she moved the bed. And when she looked down, she saw a large gaping hole three feet wide, 40 feet deep, right underneath her bed, a perfect sphere. The children had been playing in the house and she slept every night over that sinkhole that could have swallowed her up alive. The house could have opened up and sucked her down. Dear heart, the Messiah cherub led Lucifer out of the house of God to save him from the disaster that would have happened inside the holy house of God. The sinkhole would have sucked him in. Because of sin, he would have just gone away. But in pride, the fallen angel refused to come home and fall on his knees and confess his sin to God. He led Adam and Eve into sin. He struck his hand at God to bring him down from his mighty throne. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same guardian protector who led Jacob, who was the guardian protector of the Jewish nation, who was the Messiah guardian cherub, led Lucifer out to save him. That same being has come to this world to save you and me. When he led Adam and Eve out of the garden, he followed them as the angel of the Lord. He followed them as their family. He found Abraham. He directed their course of life. He became the guardian protector of the Jewish nation. And John said he was in the world, the world was made through him. The world didn't know him. He came to his own people, the people he'd protected for centuries, and they rejected him. But to all who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of the will of flesh or the will of man, but of God. No missing this. Jesus is the one who is the source of all things. 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. Peter writing says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The Messiah guardian cherub is the good shepherd. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he is the only shepherd that leads you home to God. He's the only one. And he will lead you to one day walk without fear up Mount Zion to take a stroll in the midst of the stones of fire all the way home to the throne of a loving, tender, merciful Father God. Dear Father God, I'm very grateful for Jesus. He has always been the guarantee of the everlasting covenant. Thank you that you gave us in Jesus everything that's necessary for a future. That before all ages you had placed within him your promise, your name, the guarantee of the cross of Christ for sinners. And Father, as we bow our heads today, there could be someone here that says, Pastor Mike, or even more profoundly, Dear Father God, he's praying to you, or she is praying to you. I feel lost. I feel out of control inside. I don't know what to do with my life. If you're that person, just raise your hand to God right now. Say, that's me, Father. Raise it high. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Father, you know who that person is. May they right now, in the name of Jesus, say, I accept you. I confess to you my sin and I seize the cross of Christ as my right to life. Father, you have heard the prayer from the heart that has prayed that prayer inside their mind. Now give them Jesus. Give them justification by faith, freedom from condemnation. Help them to grow and know that you are God and to live with you in the security of your divine protection all the days of their life. Thank you, Father, that as soon as there was sin, there was a Savior. And thank you that Jesus is the divine angel that encampeth round about them, that fears you and delivers them. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: That will conclude the Messiah Cherub. Today's Reaching Your Heart, a part of the Cosmic Controversy series. And you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. Here at Riching Your Heart, we believe in prayer. We believe in the God who answers our prayers and meets our needs. Each week, we are standing by to receive your prayer requests and seek God with you. His word declares, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Call our prayer line today with your requests, and our team will join you in seeking that the God of heaven will meet each one of your needs. Our telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.